classic editor's personality. Steady, dependable, good at punctuation, and that kind of stuff. Didn't mind being indoors a lot. Tons of patience for nurturing artistic types. Adam, on the other hand, as he had tried to make clear, was destined to live life on the edge. I need to be on the streets, digging up dirt, taking dangerous risks for the public good. Oh, come on, just do it, she'd said, smiling at him. Okay, he'd said. He had to admit, Jennifer had a pretty good smile. Adam tried to focus. Hey, I want to write about Eddie the janitor. That third grader was squeaking again. All third graders looked alike to him, little and jittery. Usually they sat in the back and felt lucky to have a middle schooler talk to them. This one seemed to have the potential to be really annoying. Adam figured this was the perfect opportunity to show Jennifer he was taking his co-editorship seriously. He hopped off the sofa. All right, he said. What about Eddie? Adam had been at this school since day one of kindergarten and could not think of a single thing about the man that was remotely newsworthy, unless you considered pushing a wide broom down the hall for 150 years exciting. Adam figured an important part of being co-editor was nipping bad story ideas in the bud, and he was going to nip this one fast. He saved two baby birds who fell out of a nest, the third grader said. They already had bugs crawling on them. Adam stared at her. He's real nice, she said. What's your name, kid? Adam asked. It was Phoebe. Adam wasn't surprised. She looked like a Phoebe, a real moochie pie type. Look he said, trying to let a third grader down easy. Let's put that idea on hold. Eddie the janitor is what we in the news biz call an evergreen. You might want to write that word in your notebook. E-V-E-R-G-R-E-E-N. Did I go too fast? It's a feature story that can run any time. If we're having a slow month trying to fill the paper, Eddie the janitor might be great. It could go on the back page, maybe with a small headshot. But this is the first issue of the new year. We want to, you know, kick a little butt. Instantly, a sofa full of large middle school boys began swaying and chanting, Kick a little butt. Get down tonight. Kick a little butt. Get down tonight. Adam acknowledged his audience. Then he motioned for quiet. Here's my idea, he said. We create a spotlight team to investigate the cafeteria food. Room 306 lit up like the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center the day after Thanksgiving. We could find out why the hot dogs are green, said a boy. We could drop them out a third-floor window, see how high they bounce, said another. Rubber, 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 chanted the boys, flopping around on the sofa like green hot dogs. They wanted to see if the cafeteria's pasty mashed potatoes would stick to a wall for a week. Could the gray hamburgers give cancer to a mouse? And who was getting paid for all the plastic cups of applesauce that no one ever ate? Someone suggested having a food critic review a cafeteria meal each month. The New York Times food critic wears disguises at restaurants so they don't know who she is, said Jennifer. Cool, said a boy named Sammy. We have a gorilla suit I could wear. They'd never know it was me. Sammy, said Jennifer, they wear a disguise like a wig or floppy hat, so no one recognizes they're the world-famous food critic.
That way, the restaurant doesn't whip up a great meal for them while it's feeding the regular customers the usual poison. Sammy nodded. So as soon as the cafeteria ladies saw the gorilla was back, they'd know it was the reviewer from the Slash and give me steak and lobster. Might be worth it, said a boy. We could all dress like gorillas, Sammy said. Finally get a decent meal. I don't know, said another boy. You really think a gorilla would stick out in the cafeteria? Jennifer had another idea, though it sounded way complicated. She'd clipped a brief article from the Tremble County Citizen Gazette Herald Advertiser about the county's September zoning board meeting. The zoning board had decided to enforce Local Law 200-52.7a, which had been on the books since 1924, but had been ignored for years. The story said the law prohibits, quote, accessory structures in the front half of a housing lot, unquote. The story said if Tremble was to continue being the richest, tidiest...